This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. My name is Ton Dobbe, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration and the author of The Remarkable Effect. I envision a world where every B2B SaaS startup succeeds because they're creating software that customers would miss if they were gone. And here's why. Research consistently shows that 90% of all startups fail, and that's bad. What's worse, however, is that 75% of SaaS scale-ups fail, companies that are supposed to have product market fit. Far too few scale-ups create the traction they aspire for and fail for the wrong reasons. And I believe this should stop. And hence I created my business. And the goal that I have with this podcast is twofold. First, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. Secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what it requires to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The guest of my podcast today is Jair Levy, CEO of Brainspace. In order to analyze people, you need to have the diversity, you need to have big data, you need to have a lot of people. I'm not talking about hundreds or thousands, you need to have millions of samples in order to really understand what's happening in the brain. because. If we are talking on heart rate, and this is a very good example, what happened in the heart rate industry. When in the past you had to have a special tools that stick to your chest, and nowadays you have a watch that is monitoring your wrist and you have a heart rate analysis out of the cloud. So eventually this is what we're going to do in the brain. This is Jair. He's a tech entrepreneur with extensive experience in international business development of technology-oriented companies. His tenure at Multilog, where he was responsible for the development and introduction of their Biolog product, provided him with experience in corporate management, upstream and downstream marketing, product marketing, and innovation and execution. In May 2018, he co-founded Brainspace, a startup that's literally opening the doors to the secrets of our brain. It's on a mission to overcome humanity's biggest health, societal, and commercial challenges through data-driven brain insights. And that inspired me, and hence I invited Jair to my podcast. We explore the opportunity to leverage brain insights as a source for innovation. Jair then explains his vision and how defining that vision has enabled them to achieve the unimaginable. He shares his big lessons learned in building his organization and what it took to establish a culture that's about support, critical feedback, and working together to move mountains. Last but not least, he provides his advice to build a technology business that the world talks about. By listening to this interview, you will learn four things. Firstly, that achieving amazing achievements is about three things. Strong belief, big dream, and never look back. Secondly, what the secret sauce is to creating a good entrepreneurial venture. Thirdly, where to find the best playground for your team of engineers to learn what to aim for in order to achieve the goals. And fourthly, how to create the balance in your team to keep thinking out of the box, stabilize thoughts, and create successful innovation. 
Well, hi, Jair. Thank you for making the time available today and being the guest on the podcast. Thank you, Tom. And it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I mean, people that have listened to this podcast before, they know that I'm always on a hunt for inspiring stories about what you can do with technology if you blend it with people in the right way. When I yeah, bumped into the profile of your company, Brainspace, and I saw what this was really all about, I instantly saw like potential here, and that's why I invited you. I mean, it's first of all impressive to see what hardware you've developed to capture brain activity. People uh, just go to the Brainspace, brain.space website, and you can see for yourself. But yeah, we're going to talk all about that. And yeah, very interesting to understand like what's the journey here and what's the potential. But before we start, if you would have to describe yourself as an entrepreneur with two or three words, what are the words you would choose? The thing that the most thing that is characterized myself as an entrepreneur is endurance. Oh, yeah. I have a picture here that says, a winner is a dreamer who never gives up. Nice. And I think that that phrase combined all of my entrepreneurial skills. I always strive to be on top and I never give up to achieve my dream. I love that. And it's such a simple, it was such a nice quote as well. I didn't hear that one before, but I'll possibly print it out as well. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't have any copyright for that. No, but I mean, well, that, I think it's a very nice kind of bridge to the topic at the end. Like, what are you passionate about? What are you dreaming about? So, Mostly, I'm a people person. I do love, and my passion is connecting people from different disciplines to a one goal, to a one dream. And this is the essence of what I'm doing. When people ask me, what is your secret in being a CEO? I'm saying, I usually try not to interfere in the work of the people that I work with. It's a funny thing, but eventually, is the secret or the sauce of getting a good adventure is selecting the right people that will follow you. Creating innovation, creating venture is something very tough. It's a rough journey and you need to have good people that will follow you, that need to have good people that will join your journey, people that you can trust with close eyes and people that you know they will be there either when everything is good and happy and when things become challenging. And I think that that's the secret of me being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Of course, that I have a history of spending time in corporates, Israeli corporates, either a global corporate. And in, in every phase of my career, I managed to do some internal entrepreneurship in, in a corporate. My last position was in a locking company. I worked uh -huh. for Asa Abloy. And in Asa Abloy, I actually initiate a startup within the corporate. I initiated a digital lock that was aimed to replace old existing locks in every residential door. And that was like changing a company which was very mechanically, very well-established in the mechanical world into a new era, taking them from using keys and key cut machines and old mechanical mechanisms to a new area of digital keys and applications and cloud infrastructures. This is my essence. Finding the need, finding a technology that can address the need and connect them together with good people. Nice. Well said. I like the anecdotes there because, I mean, there's maybe nothing more transformative than what you've just done there with the locking, the company that builds the lock because it's really from mechanical to completely digital experience. Yeah. 
Eventually, now we are open different doors to a different world, opening, well, when you say opening the brain, it sounds horrible. Actually, we are opening access to the brain. We open a door and access the brain for brain activity to yeah. physicians, app developers, and anyone that would like to use brain activity as a key essence to app enhancement. Yeah, well, that brings me to my first question there, the most important one. Like, what was the problem that you saw yeah, that sparked the idea behind your company, BrainSpace? Well, Tom, in BrainSpace, we deal with brain data. Brain data is complicated. And uh, we set a mission to provide uh, researchers, uh, physicians, and even to companies accessible tools to collect the data, analyze it, and interpretate it in real time and in an accurate way. Our main products are brain insights. Those are actionable database indicators on human behavior. And as we know, as a data scientist, we know that the most important part of doing data analysis is getting direct data, we believe that brain data is the most direct data you can use in order to, to analyze and to get insights, actionable insights on, on the humans. And think about that. We are in 2022. All, all around us are data products. And they're analyzing images, big data of pictures, analyzing language, even voice but there is no available big data cloud of brain data. And the problem for that starts with the collecting devices. Most are aimed for at medical and, and, and research use. As for example, functional MRIs, that this device consume room in the size of a half a basketball field. It, re it costs millions and it requires a special operator to operate it and a neurologist to analyze and interpret the data. And for example, takes the EEG devices, which are portable and more affordable, but those devices are hard to set up. It takes more than an hour to stick all the electrodes to the scalp of the subject. And the signal to noise is, is noisy and, and, and it takes weeks to analyze and interpret the data to make a sense of it. And at the end, the large diversity in, in data collectors and, and the dependency, dependency on the operators um, goes to the fact that there is no standardization in brain data. And, and at the end of the day, there is no ability to accumulate data into one brain data cloud. This cloud does not exist. And we in BrainSpace, we are building the railroad tracks to standardize this brain data. And once we're going to have this standardized brain data, we can then, using labeling on the data and, and using AI tools, we can provide those brain insights as a given tools for companies, researchers, and others to develop apps on top of that. Yeah. 
Let me kind of wind back a little bit here because what you I understand like the challenges that researchers and institutions and so on have to get access to the data. And indeed, you mentioned all the other ways, the opportunities they have at their hands to choose from. They're all far from ideal. You know, indeed, take a lot, a lot of time, a lot of hassle, can be even be damaging and so on. But maybe before that, not having that data at your disposal, what's going wrong there? Like, what are we missing out on? Well, so, so, if you turn it around, like, what could be the potential if we have this data? What will the world see from this? Well, that's a great question. And in Brainspace, we are aiming to create a new category, a development which is based on brain insights. And, and, and it might sound like futuristic or a bit science fiction, but in order to explain that, I, I will use an example, um, a use case like companies that develop products, physical products, and they are basing the development on, on the user feedbacks, which are taken from A-B testing, surveys, and, and, and analyzing statistical data. And after this data is analyzed and accumulate, they go and design the product, and, and then they launch it to the market and get more feedback from the users and do another redesign and then again, this work of launching a product and getting the feedback, and again, 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 it's coming back. And, and why is that? Because the existing tools, which are indirect, are subjective, they are expensive, and they re really rely on the willingness of, of the users to provide data. And sometimes the users don't have the verbal skills to, to to explain themselves and sometimes they don't sincere enough to provide the, da the data. So at the end of the day, we are talking about kind of a guessing tools. And uh, now imagine a world when instead of using those guessing tools to develop product, we could base our development on knowing exactly what the users want based on real data direct data like brain data yeah so and that's and, yeah and that will be used to kind of yeah create the solutions for the future that will be the basic or let's say the basic language that will allow people to even think on applications that can utilize this big data yes exactly don do you have any idea what kind of applications can be based on such a language that can understand the brain can you yeah. think about something like that yeah i mean anticipating how people will behave and I mean, being amazing being, yeah that's for me seems to be one of them possibly predicting things that are going wrong but you don't see it yet so healthcare type issues yeah i mean there's so many things that you can think of i give you a few examples of what we are aiming in the near future, and then we can maybe project to the far future. So the basic of what we're doing today is basic brain insight that we are developing here inside and with some partners. So the first one is cognitive reserve, for example. Cognitive reserve is actually your ability to function in a cognitive manner in simple, medium, and high tasks. This is actually a number. And nowadays we are building a model that will analyze the cognitive reserve of a person, which is performing some tasks. We would like to know exactly what his ability to 
what our ability as a trainer, what is his ability to perform in a higher complexity of tasks. And this can provide use cases such as, for example, training, training mechanism that can be trimmed according to the capacity of the training. Then you can build training program, which is very strict and very custom made to the training. And this is one example, but you can take that to other use cases such as driving, driving training drivers or measuring the competence of drivers to go for his day of work. If he has a very low cognitive reserve, maybe he don't need to take this long ride across the day and maybe he need to drive only half a day because yeah. he will probably not perform well during the lunchtime. Interesting, uh, right? Yeah, there is so many use cases that at the end can be improved sure. by knowing how the brain will react to certain things and respond to certain things. Interesting. Well, fascinating, I would say. What was the moment that sparked the idea to start Brainspace? Because this is a pretty new company. It's from 2018. Is there an anecdote that's where you said, okay, now we're going to do it? So back at the beginning, as I told you, two of my co-founders are physician, and one of them, Professor Shaifati, he treated a child that at the age of 11, she fell down and hurt her head. And she suffered from a traumatic brain injury, which impact on her cognitive performance. We treat her when she was at the age of 40. It was a very long treatment and eventually he managed to cure her. And another amazing thing that happened, he realized that doing such a long treatment, he has to have a tool that can be easily monitor the brain activity. Because eventually, when you treat the brain without any monitor, without any diagnostics of the brain activity, you don't know what you're doing. And you would like to improve the process and to enhance the treatment and to reduce the time till it cure the disease. And he gathered a bunch of engineers, a bunch of these talented people that are around him. He took Israel Deutsch, he's our CTO. Israel is a 20 years old guy with 60 years of experience. He's now 78 years old. Let me make a small interruption here. Jair just made an excellent remark about what it takes to create remarkable impact. Strong belief, big dream, and never look back. This approach allowed him to take out all the expensive, dangerous, and complex alternatives to get brain insights. It enabled them to do what was perceived impossible and even proved it would work in outer space, thereby opening the doors to a category of data that is invaluable for future innovation. It's a trade remarkable tech company's master. They focus on the essence, aim to be different, and then create new value possibilities on the back of that. And you can master these traits as well. In the first step, simply read my book. I've made the electronic version available for free. Just visit theremarkableeffect.com to grab your copy and inspiration will spark in the first 10 minutes. Back to the interview. Tech savvy with a passion of 18 years old child. Another colleague is Dr. Hadani, Dr. Amir Hadani. He is in basketball, we call it an all-around player. He is a neurosurgeon. He has a PhD in machine learning and he's a brain researcher. And there's no question that you ask and you will not have the answer. And he took me, as I told you, I'm the person that connect people and connect technology. And we sat in the basement for half a year and came up with a solution. Yeah. And the amazing thing happened. We came up with a solution which is not only a tool for diagnostics. We actually developed a tool 
that can collect data, big data, very easily in yeah. a coherent and a proper manner. And then we realize we have something bigger than just a solution for a, for a clinical uh, phenomenon. Exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, winding back like the three, four years that you've been in business now, starting from the garage, I mean, what I'm always trying to understand is, okay, where do you start, you know? And of course, you first had to solve a number of things to get the data gathering easily. So that's where you started. But what were some critical decisions that you had to make on that journey? What was a very important decision that proved to be very important right now? So first and most, is a solution that we need to step in to the venture. And I remember the day, and we just had a talk with that, my wife and I. I invited her to a restaurant, and we had a very good lunch. And I told her, Mayan, my love, we are getting into a journey, and I need your support. That was a decision that we both took. She knows me, and she knew that she needs to run beside me the whole process. Yeah. And of course, she is not participating in all the meetings and she is not actively here in the office, but her heart is here. Now that her support is here. And that was the first and most important decision. And by the way, it was a tip that I got from a colleague which just sold his company a few months ago. And that was the first and most important decision. The second milestone, important milestone was to realize that we have a cutting edge technology and to manage to get our first fund, first yeah. uh, raising fund. And then once we have that, we establish the company. That's what the point that we stopped looking back. Exactly, yeah. But to get the fund, because, I mean, there's different, of course, philosophies around getting funding. First of all, some people say, okay, first get to product market fit, and then when you got repetition, then the funding is there to scale it. But you did it at the very, very beginning, which, of course, is a completely different story because you're selling a vision and yeah, people haven't got a clue what they're stepping into. It's because for them, it's a journey as well that is about breaking down mountains almost that could take years and even possibly longer or it couldn't be possible at all. How did you, yeah, what did you learn from that experience? So again, as I told you, once we got the fund, and of course, we knew the fund is not enough to get to the end point. But once you have the team to follow you, and you know that you can run in front and don't need to look back, you know that you can solve any problem. And then it was an issue of fun. And due to the fact that we looked always forward, followed our dream, we knew that we will be able to raise another, fund, another money and to accomplish our dream. And we ran fast. And in four years, we managed to bring up the first prototype start pilots, even complete a successful pilot here in Israel. Managed to, we're going to talk about it soon, but we managed to go up to the International Space Station, run a successful experiment there, build up a company of 30 people. Amazing achievement due to one fact, strong belief, big dream, and never look back. Strong. Yeah, I like that. Strong belief. Big dream, never look back. And then you need to never look back. Yeah, you learn things, but it's about moving forward. And it's about making tangible steps to get the dream yeah, realized. That's why it's called this, why I named this podcast Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission Podcast. And you're clearly on a mission here. What has been the hardest not to crack on this journey after making all those 
important decisions. As I told you, the key factor to a successful venture is to have a very strong team. And, yeah. and I think that it was something which you had, but I think that it was very essential is to admit and to stand behind your mistakes, be transparent. And I'm the first one that will jump up and say, I made a mistake. And to be transparent on that, because eventually, and most important, not only to admit that, but to learn from the mistake and to find a way how to not doing the same mistake twice. Yeah. Do you have any anecdotes of something that happened here? We had a lot of mistakes. Small ones like choosing the wrong supply or doing the wrong if loop in the software and up to going for a different, for a wrong direction of development direction and changing that dramatically and pivoting. For example, we started as a clinical device and a medical device and we pivot that into a data device. That was one of the, it's not a mistake, but it's a huge pivot that we had in yeah, the company. Yeah. But that's an interesting story in itself, because that's what I see a lot of companies struggle with. They believe they are X, and then they cannot unthink that they are X, and as a consequence, they get stuck. I mean, to be thinking that you're a clinical device, and then suddenly they're turning that into, no, no, we are a data play. Mm -hmm. It's like not an obvious choice here. What did it take to kind of come to that realization and just to cut the, yeah, cut the journey there? It's a combination of many, many arguments that you gather along the way. You're going in a direction that is very challenging from one point of view and required a long regulation process, a yeah. long and challenging regulation process on one hand. And from the other hand, you see a huge opportunity for something which is emerging now, the data market in many, many, many aspects. We're talking about monitoring heart rate, we're talking about monitoring eye movement, we talk about monitoring internet activities. So the data play is a huge market and has a huge interest. And far more true point that we put forward is that eventually we actually over-engineered our solution to a point that we realized that it's too much for the clinical market, but it's suitable solution for a data play. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I said, it's the moment you think you're X, that's what, you know, that drives all the decisions. And of course, you're going to go to overemphasize that. That's fascinating to see where that you can suddenly see, okay, well, this is, we have to cut here and we have to go a different direction. So you said, well, the last four years, we've achieved a great number of milestones. Company in the meantime has grown to immaturity. There's a product on the market. What did you learn in going to market? Has it also changed in terms of like, the choice that you made around what you really are all about, clinical advice versus data play? The first thing that we learn is that we don't know enough and we know too much and we know too low. That's the first thing we learn. Second, is that our product is not ready. Actually, that was part of going out is in order to understand the gap between what is needed and what we have, what yes. everybody calls product market fit. So in order to do a product and a market and do the fit, you need to meet the two. That's what we did. We went out to the market. We struggled with a lot of technical problems, interface problems, UI issues, data interference, etc. And that was a great playground for our team because eventually they'll learn where are the targets and 
on what to aim in order to achieve the goals. Do you have paying customers right now? Yes, we do have two paying customers that we have just sold to the pilot. Yeah. So when, like, what did you learn in that process of selling it? Was there a realization that the product market fit wasn't completely there, but there was a belief that needed to be on the journey with you? So the current partners that we're working with now, we call, it, we call them design partners because yeah. we're still in the age of characterizing the use case, and cetera, kind of early adopters. So it was yeah. quite easy to explain how we address the need and the benefits of our product. They're actually very keen to have that in the facilities, but I think that the market is ready. The market is looking for a more enhanced and more precise predictor for human behavior. The personalization and customization trends that are changing our way of consuming things are creating an increased need for enhanced tools to understand how the humanity thinks and works. And our tool provides a very important angle of understanding how we react, how we think, and how we will perform in this new era. This is a growing need. And I ask you what kind of application, because really, I don't think that both of us can imagine what kind yeah. of applications such a platform can address. Yeah. Well, that brings me to my next question at the end. Like, how do you make decisions then? How do you go to market? You know, because the opportunities are endless. The other side, the customer that is going to work with your solution, they get an element of what is going to be a total thing. And they need to have the imagination as well and have a clear understanding what they're missing. So how do you make choices in terms of who you start working with and who you're not working with? So you really touched the most critical point that we're doing in, uh, these days. And, and funny enough, my inbox is full of emails from different verticals and potential of potential partners uh, that are keen to, to use, to put, collaborate and to use brain insights uh, and, and brain data. Um, but for us, the most critical part now is to focus, focus on on, on getting to the critical mass of brain data. And we need to do so with the most professional uh, research centers that know how to professionally collect brain data and to run experiments. And nevertheless, we see that in one year from now, we're gonna have the, this critical mass and then we are looking forward to work with all that all the people that addressed us and of course to launch the first commercial brain-based app that will utilize brain insights. And in generally, if we look to the future, we believe that in, in five years from now, brain insights will be a superior tool for any development of product or services. And, and, and those that will not rely on brain insights will actually bring, burn cash and, and, and misguided development and, and the product and services will probably will not be relevant in that world. So that's it. Uh, brain data is the future. Yeah, exactly. It's good that you are really strict on who you work with and who you not work with. Because it, I can completely imagine when people start to see what the potential is that your inbox can explode and you can be very busy with just all kind of proof of concepts and kicking tires, <laughs> ending up nowhere. 
Yeah, very interesting. So what have you been most proud of so far achieving? So that is easy. Hey, we actually touched the stars. (laughs) That is the answer. But seriously, that was an amazing experience. It's a moonshot project that actually a dream of one person became a mission of an entire team. We took that Rekia mission as a moonshot project that we actually planned to understand the impact of microgravity on the human cognition, yeah. uh, the performance of the human activity, the brain activity. I explained the, the experiments and then I take you to this amazing mission. The experiments was that to measure brain activity on the ground with three astronauts, then they went up to space using the Dragon uh, Star, the, 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 the Dragon uh, uh, the, uh, SpaceX missile, and with the Dragon to the ISS, to the International Space Station. Then they done the same experiment, the same brain measurement in the International Space Station with the microgravity effect. And afterwards, when they came back, they did the same test down Earth to see the trend of changes in the brain activity. Yeah. There is another group that is doing that on ground, same experiment, of course, without the impact of brain activity, of microgravity. And of course, the idea is to, to bring the basic science of how microgravity affects this tissue. Because if you look at astronauts today, every biomarker is being measured. Heart rates, blood pressure, bone density, muscle mass, everything is being monitored all the time. Yeah. There's one important tissue that none of them is being measuring. It's the brain. This is a change that we would like to do. And, Ton, we prove that it's possible. We proved that an astronaut can put the headset and in 10 minutes can measure his brain activity and give a report of how good is cognitive performance. Are there any already results from that experiment? We do have initial results and we do see some amazing things, but I cannot talk about that yet. Okay, for later. (laughs) We are still waiting for the finalization of that experiment. By the way, very important to say, we're doing that with the Ben Gurion University. There's a team of science, a team of students that are working on the data. Amazing project, amazing collaboration. And we have three amazing things out of this mission. Fantastic. I mean, how many technology vendors can say that their product is actually taken off to the moon and being used there? Exactly. This is one. And this is very important because no one can... (laughs) argue about that that this product can work anywhere exactly exactly it worked yeah. there it passed yeah. through all the flight with the g amazing genes everything it worked there secondly we managed to pass all the nasa committees nine of them about safety and about the irb with the regulation of the experiment everything we passed that and yeah. last but not least my team proved that they can do anything yeah, not it proves again. Well, if you bring the right people together, that's exactly. follow. And not only out there for themselves, there is yeah. no barrier that they cannot cross. Fantastic, right? Yeah, it's amazing what people can achieve. Brings me back to another thing that's also fascinating to me. I mean, you started as sort of a hardware vendor with the helmet, mm-hmm. if I can call it a helmet. But of course, that is only like hopefully a small step on a very large journey to become actually a software vendor or to be a software slash data vendor. I mean, yeah, tell a little bit about that journey. At the beginning, when we come to the point that 
the dream is not big enough to be a medical device. And we would like to change the world of brain activity data. We knew that we have to pass the first step of developing the hardware. Yeah. We already been in the point that we knew it's only a step. Nevertheless, the challenge was not easy. But we were very focused on what we need to achieve, a device that can serve us as a data collector. But our eyes were always up there to the platform, to the ability to utilize the data. So from the first step, I had the multidisciplinary project, a multidisciplinary team that was combined not only from hardware developers, also from people that look at the horizon and see the goal of getting big data and how to characterize the product, the device, to serve this dream, this vision. And this is why we have more than 400 sensors that can be easily mounted. And we have an automated system that you don't need to have any technician to apply the headset. We combine that with VR headset in order to have a very synchronized experience for the user that the data will be labeled correctly. We did all the good things that need to be done to look at the horizon, but we focused first on having a very good data collector. Yeah, exactly. All those small steps to kind of work towards the large one. So I wrote my book, The Remarkable Effect, which is about the 10 traits to define the software companies or the technology companies that we keep talking about. With your experience here, what would you say are yeah, traits that you need to have in order to become a software company that people not only start talking about, but I think they do, but also keep talking about? I think that first, I'm sorry that I'm keeping repeating that, but first, you need a very impressive team. Yeah. You know that few facts about my amazing team. I have about seven PhDs in my team. One is a professor. And the oldest guy is 78 years old, as I told you, this amazing, energetic CTO. My youngest is 17. I have a very interesting combination of veterans that passed, has a huge experience in system engineering, in electronics, in software, in algorithms. Six of them are already retired and are coming here to work with us. And young, talented, that brings a lot of good youth spirits. I think that this is a key factor for creating innovation because you need to have spirits and and thinking about the box of the young brain that is still flexible enough and a lot of experience that would stabilize those thoughts and put them together in creating a successful innovation. that, That is very important in my team. And this balance of with youth and experience, providing a very good balance to the road, very good balance to all those trembling and stumbling block along the way. Because yeah. sometimes you need to push and sometimes you need to balance. That creates a very coherent way up to the top, up to the target. This is one important point. Second is transparency, transparency and sure. collaboration. There is nothing which is hidden. Everything should be on the table. Fully transparent with everybody. And everybody can say anything. Everybody can get inside. Even in this interview, someone got inside here. Because this is what people used to. 
they used to use the door in order to enter. I know I'm coming from the door industry and doors are meant to be open. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I believe in that. Doors are meant to be open and people need to come inside and say what they need to say. Yeah, exactly. And what a nice uh, connection to your old to your old job. <laughs> I think that last but not least, you need to do what you love to do with a lot of passion. And all yeah. the people here are passionate about the dream that we are creating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, in my book, I talk about, I think it's chapter nine. It's like remarkable software companies, remarkable tech companies sell the idea, not the product. And the idea at the end is always about like what can be and get people on a journey with that. And with that, they create movements. So well said. And I completely agree also on the team structure and the journey and how you connect that together. Yeah, exactly. Is there anything that needs to be said from the wisdom that you've gained? I mean, if you would do give a do or and or a don't to tech entrepreneurs that aspire to do what you do, what advice would you give them or what would you say, don't do this? I think that this is something that is related to the space. Never underestimate the power of a dream. And I will explain that. When my CTO came to me and said, Yael, we are going to the sky, we are going to the ISS, I told him, come on, Israel, we are a small startup company. We have so many challenges, so many problems. Do we really need another problem? <laughs> and I actually needed to say, Israel, an amazing dream. Go and make it happen. Eventually, that's what happened because he told me, and thanks to him, he told me that. He told me, Yair, we will be there. And I think that that was supposed to answer him. I should have told him, Israel, it's a crazy idea. Go and be crazy. Nice. And this is, this, is, this is the best advice that I can give to everyone because I, we almost missed the opportunity. Because he could have got out of my room and said, okay, you don't want that. It, yeah. And it was a huge mistake if he did that. And luckily for me, I have him in my team. Yeah, that's great. To bring those opportunities up because very often it's discarded already prior to even discussing it internally because it seems to be an impossible task. Very well. Well, I mean, I think this sums it up nicely. Never underestimate the power of the dream and indeed go and do it. Make it happen. Thank you, Jair, for being open about this, sharing the story, sharing a good number of the wisdoms that you've gained over time. And yeah, and good luck realizing the next step of the dream. Next time, we're going to do this interview without talking. Even. We're going to put headsets and we're going to think the questions and the answer will flow from the cloud directly to your computer. Nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't wait to see that happen. <laughs> Where can people go to find out more about your company, BrainSpace, or to connect to you and say hi? We have our website. It's brain.space. We have their partnership link or contact us. And of course, on LinkedIn, Twitter, we're ready there. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tony. It was a great meeting you and your interview is amazing. Thanks. And this ends my conversation with Jair. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if so, please leave a review on iTunes. And if it inspired you, please share it with other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that you have in your network. Other than that, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Jair Levy, co-founder and CEO of Brainspace. As said, the goal that I have in this podcast is twofold. Firstly, 
to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Before I close, I have two more comments to make. If you know other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that have a story worth sharing, please send me an email at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas. And that starts with you. And if you want to know more about my book or you're interested in joining the Remarkable Effect tribe, please visit my website at www.valueinspiration.com. Thanks for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast on iTunes or provide me with your feedback directly. I'll see you shortly on a new episode. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.